You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait. You look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money. A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start saving today. Visit Sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. That's how he's pitched tonight, backwards. And it is a breaking ball. Swerger was ready. How far does this go? Second deck, Kyle Swerger tees off. They say it was like the hardest hit, the hardest hit, fourth hardest hit home run of the year. They have whole new metrics in terms of 120 miles per hour measuring these sort of things. I, I was watching in real time, but I must say, TC, I feel like my hometown card should be removed from me. Why? Uh, grew up and have been a lifelong Eagles and Phillies fan. Love watching the Sixers. Love going to the Flyers. I mean, all of my sports faves are Philly teams. My brother is the one who has been on the Phillies bandwagon the whole season long. Are you watching this team? They're young. They're fun. They're going places, blah, 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 blah. There was an era when our sons were younger and I had season tickets, a piece of a plan, and was always at those games. I remember. Always. You, you would send me once a year, and it was amazing. Okay, I sent you more than tickets. once a year, TC. Once a year? That was good for those tickets. <laughs> Come on. What? Um, Eagles tickets. Okay, grew up. Wait, why? Wait, this is all very, like, much Phillies fans. I'm what getting the there. Okay. Grew up going to Eagles games at... Franklin Field and then Veterans Stadium and then Lincoln Financial Field. My father carried over our family season tickets into the link. You know, you had to get a license. I didn't want to get the license. He got the license. And then gradually I just kind of dropped out. But this season in particular, I would love to come on a national radio program and sing all about the Phillies and the Eagles. But the God's honest truth is Something had to give. I have been unbelievably busy. I don't know why so busy this year in particular that I've not been paying close attention. And so whenever I'm now speaking or exchanging texts or emails with, I'll give you a great example. At the unconvention, right. which now I guess was about 10 days, almost two weeks ago, Phil Griffin, the former president of MSNBC, a huge baseball fan. And what I worked at MSN in lieu of Chris Matthews, you know, when he would be on vacation, I would always talk Phillies and Mets with Phil. So Phil corners me at the National Constitution Center wanting to talk about the Phillies. I had nothing. I had, I, I'm just, so I'm watching and I'm paying attention. And of course, when I got off a plane the other night, I watched the Eagles in Dallas. Yeah. 
Um, but I just I can't come on here and say I and was say, following like, them the I'm whole time. The, I knew, yeah, like I knew I, they were going to peak I, at I the right I time. Had, I get it. I wish I had okay. the, the only the only but, the only competitor that I know is peaking at the right time is Doctor Oz. <laughs> okay, so you had to look at what politics versus Phillies. Like you had to look at one of them. Something, all right, something had to give. All right, I get it. Something well, had to give. Fun but to I, watch now. But I sure did enjoy it last night. The city and surrounding area bananas. Because of the combination, because of the combination of uh, the Phillies and the Eagles doing so well, and now here come the Sixers and the Flyers, and and I'm going to I'm going to uh, Sixers game on Saturday no night. Way. Are you? Wait, I'm going to the Sixers on Saturday night, which is an early tip off, and now I realize it's an early tip off because across the street the Phillies will host the Padres, so I'm going to be caught up in all of that, you know, traffic, Michigan. <laughs> Traffic. <laughs> exactly. But that's like typical of me. I, I, Wait, of early being, is good. Instead of being at the Phillies, I will be at the Sixers. No complaint. I've got great seats, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, the, um, I've, I've heard several sportscasters say that their home is set up for one on one screen, one on the other screen, something on. I mean, because they're all, it's all going, it's on, all at going on at once. It's, it's all going it's, it on at once. It is like a, a feast. It's it, is, it is like a feast for Philly fans. So that's the big story. Who am I kidding? That is the big story Nationally. in these parts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and when I when they were doing like the crowd uh, sees um, scenes at uh, Petco Field, Petco Park in San Diego last night, I couldn't help but notice you know not a huge number, but a bunch of empty seats. Like, come on, San Diego, how are you not totally into? Really? Yeah, that's shocking. If that were Philly, they'd be you know ten deep for that empty seat. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. All right. Yesterday, poll results at Smirconish.com. This is really interesting. With the midterms three weeks away, did Democrats peak too soon? With the midterms three weeks away, did Democrats peak too soon? The yeses were 58.89%. Let's just call it 60-40 of more than 13,000, well, 13,434 who cast ballots. So a lot of voting and a 60-40 vote saying Democrats peak too soon. In the, uh, uh, the thumbnail for today's YouTube conversation, and you can see it at Smirconish.com and in the newsletter. Like, I hope people realize when you get the newsletter, you could just click on the image of TC and me from YouTube, and you can watch a delivery of the headlines. But the thumbnail, as we call it today, is a photograph of Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz, and J.D. Vance. And it says, Senators, question mark. And the reason that it says, Senators, question mark, is that each, each is now projected by Real Clear Politics, and they do all of those polling averages. Each is projected to win. Oz, J.D. Vance and Herschel Walker. And of course, a lot is subject to change, but real clear politics. And and you can click on the link that's in the website on the newsletter. I did that in reverse Uh, in the newsletter on the website. And you can see the polling data behind their projections. Now, what's interesting, and this, this may surprise a little bit, is they've got, okay, Mark Kelly is up in Arizona by 3.7%, and they perceive this to be a Democrat hold. Okay, that makes sense, right? That Kelly is ahead by nearly four points in a real clear politics average, and therefore he will win and hold the seat. You go to Nevada, the Nevada race is Adam Laxalt against Senator Cortez Masto, and they show Laxalt up by 1.7, and they believe, real clear politics, that this will be a GOP pickup. Again, makes sense, right? Laxalt is ahead by nearly two points. They think he's going to hang on and win. Uh, Maggie Hassan, ahead by 5.8. That'll be a Democrat hold. North Carolina is the Ted Budd, uh, Sherry Beasley race. They've got Bud up by 2.5, and they think that will be a GOP hold. Marco Rubio, and he debated uh, Val Demings last night in Florida. Rubio's up 4.7. They think he'll hang on. That'll be a GOP hold. Senator Ron Johnson against Mandela Barnes. They've got Johnson up by 2.8, and they think that Johnson will hold on. They've got Vance up by 2.0, and he will hold on against Tim Ryan. Sorry, Iowa. I know we spoke to you yesterday, and a lot of people say, hey, Iowa's a close race with Grassley. He may lose. That doesn't make their cut for the most watched races in the country. Then you've got two that are not as straightforward. In other words, each of the races that I've identified for you so far, Real Clear Politics says the person who right now is leading in the polls is going to hang on and win the race. But then you get to Pennsylvania and you get to Georgia. Georgia, it's Warnock by 2.4, and yet they say it'll be a December 6th runoff. Okay, we talked about that yesterday, the fact that you need uh, Patricia Murphy from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution was my guest yesterday. You need 50% plus one in Georgia. We've been through this before, right? We all remember from two years ago. 
And with a libertarian grabbing somewhere near 5% of the vote in Georgia right now, the widespread belief is that neither Warnock nor Herschel Walker will get the 50% plus one. So Real Clear Politics is saying <clears throat> it'll be a runoff on December 6th. They shortened the time period. Thank God it's not going to go uh, into January. It'll be a December 6th runoff if neither gets 50% plus one. And Real Clear Politics is saying the trends are toward Herschel Walker. So even though Warnock is ahead in the polling averages by Real Clear Politics, they think ultimately it'll be Herschel Walker. Again, we're three weeks out and a hell of a lot can happen, but I'm just trying to give you a snapshot based on data. And then here's here's the one that will be a surprise to many, but not to me. They have Fetterman up by an average of 3.2 in Pennsylvania. And yet the perception is, the prediction is, it'll be Oz in Pennsylvania. Real Clear Politics is saying that even though Fetterman is up by 3.2 in the Real Clear Politics average, ultimately it'll be a GOP pickup for the Republicans and Dr. Oz leaving the Senate 52-48 for the Republican Party. It doesn't mean it's ironclad. You know, as I say, a a lot is still to play itself out. But I, I thought that was really significant. And that is real clear politics. And it's not just real clear politics. There's a Holly Otterbein piece in Politico today that you can find at Smirconish.com and in the newsletter where she's got the results of an AARP poll just completed and shared exclusively with Politico. Again, it shows it shows Fetterman with a lead, but because of the trajectory, because of the narrowing lead that he has over Oz, the perception is these lines are going to continue. It's, you know, imagine it on a graph uh, and Oz is going to overtake him. From Holly Otterbein's reporting at Politico, Republican Mehmet Oz has narrowed Democrat John Fetterman's lead in Pennsylvania's bare-knuckle Senate election, and the two candidates are now polling inside the margin of error, according to a new survey shared exclusively with Politico. Fetterman is slightly ahead with 48% of likely voters. Oz has 46%, the poll by AARP found. That is a shift in Oz's direction since June when Fetterman, the state's lieutenant governor, was leading by six percentage points. In recent months, Fetterman has come under heavy negative advertising by Oz and his allies, who have accused him of being soft on crime. Fetterman's image has sunk since June, though it is still right side up by a hair, meaning, unlike Oz, he's not underwater with his favorable unfavorable. Oz, meanwhile, has boosted his favorability ratings since June, but he remains underwater. He is seen favorably by 38%, while 50% view him unfavorably. But in June, those figures were 30% and 63%. Let me say it differently. His unfavorability has dropped from 63% to 50%. Still, more people see Mehmet Oz negatively than positively in Pennsylvania. And you say, well, how the hell could he win? Well, let me remind you that in the Republican primary three-way race, he had a higher unfavorable than favorable, and he was able to pull it out. Uh, I also found interesting a couple of other things, and that is that uh, Donald Trump, uh, 47% of Pennsylvanians view him uh, favorably, 51% 
disapprove of him. The Josh Shapiro-Doug Mastriano race is widening. Do you remember my theory where I said that a Mastriano big defeat may actually be to Oz's benefit? Well, Democrat Josh Shapiro is outrunning Republican Doug Mastriano 53 to 42 percent. So Shapiro seems secure. Nothing's ever guaranteed. And I continue to believe that a number of people are going to vote for Josh Shapiro and vote for Oz at the exact same time. So I thought that was really interesting in terms of a follow up to our conversation yesterday. Did Democrats peak too soon? 60% of those of you who responded yesterday say they did. And now here's Real Clear Politics today saying J.D. Vance is going to win in Ohio. Herschel Walker will ultimately win in Georgia. He'll have to do it through a runoff. Uh, and Dr. Oz is going to win in Pennsylvania. Nevada, they're giving to Laxalt in that race where Cortez Masto uh, is the incumbent and Adam Laxalt is the uh, uh, the Republican challenger. I don't know that there are any other shocks on the map. Uh, and again, just sharing it with you as a, a point of information, who knows the way that it all turns out. Uh, one interesting question, though, is that here comes President Biden tomorrow to Philadelphia for Fetterman. And something I'm interested to see is whether they try and keep that as a strictly fundraising event, you know, raise the money so Fetterman can spend it the way that he needs to spend it, but but keep him out of the grin and grip with a president whose favorability now is only at, I think, 40, what did I say yesterday, 46 percent. He's underwater. You know, I think what Fetterman wants is the money that he can raise from Biden's appearance, but without the huge stories the following day showing the two of them together. Sure, it's an advantage to be seen with Biden in some quarters of the of, of the state, um, but not a lot of the state, at least at present. So that that is the picture less now than three weeks out from the uh, midterm election day. Uh, I won't go into the House at length now, but the House perceived as being uh, in the control of the Republican Party. Republicans will retake control of the House of Representatives. All the polling data is consistent on that. Not saying it'll happen, not rooting for it, just trying to tell you where things stand. And then finally, just in terms of uh, opening thoughts, today's poll question at Smirconish.com is built upon or predicated on what we saw yesterday in the New York Times. Remember, I shared with you a New Times Siena survey that says that Uh, A third of independent voters and a smaller but noteworthy contingent of Democrats say they are open to supporting candidates who reject the legitimacy of the 2020 election as they are assigning a greater urgency to their concerns about the economy than their fears about the fate of democracy. In other words, voters overwhelmingly believe American democracy is under threat. But they are, as the Times says, remarkably apathetic about that danger with few calling it the most pressing problem we face. Point being, the January 6th issue is not resonating the way Democrats need it to. The way the Times worded their question, Times and Siena, was as follows. Thinking about a candidate for political office, who you agree with on most positions, how comfortable would you be in voting for that candidate if they say they think the 2020 election was stolen. Well, overall, 18% say, again, the question is, how comfortable would you be? 18% say, I'd be very comfortable. 
Overall, 21% say I would be somewhat comfortable. So 39%, let's call it 4 out of 10, are okay with voting for a candidate who believes the 2020 election was stolen so long as they're comfortable with that candidate on most positions. When you look at Democrats, you get a combined total of varying somewhat of 12%. 12% of Democrats say, if I like a candidate, but they think the election was stolen, I'm still going to vote for them. Among independents, that number is 37%. Unsurprisingly, among Republicans, the number is 71%. Republicans are unbothered by that. They probably like that in a candidate. So my takeoff is the following. Would a candidate's belief that the 2020 election was stolen preclude you from voting for them? Would a candidate's belief that the 2020 election was stolen preclude you from voting for them? Go vote at Smirconish.com. Real Clear Politics says at this moment in time, it's going to be Republicans controlling not only the House of Representatives, but the United States Senate, get ready to start addressing Mehmet Oz, Herschel Walker, and J.D. Vance as senators. Wow. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Hey, gang, thanks for these telephone calls. I have to say, uh, it's like day two of having a feature on the website where people can suggest poll questions. I have to read you the list in a little bit. Some real great ones have come in and also some provocative things that I just feel like responding to, even if they won't make for a great poll question on the website. Homie, you are in Baltimore, Maryland. Wanted to say what today? Yes, sir. Uh, good morning, uh, Michael. I, I have a generic question. Um, I'm an immigrant uh, living in this country for 50 years. I'm a physician. I read. Uh, do you think, or directly asking you, I don't want to put you on the spot, but are, should we be concerned about the fate of democracy in this country? Yes, is my simple and straightforward answer. I, I am, and I think we should be. And if you were to say, well, why? Because of what happened on January 6th and the opportunity for it happening again, especially where so many are running and are of the belief that the election was stolen. I've gone through that data. Both The New York Times and The Washington Post have surveyed the landscape of who's running. In in other words, who won nominations and what do they think? Right. So what can we do about it? The frustrating part is that 
you expose it, meaning expose the fallacy of the belief that somehow the election was stolen and you identify the people who are nevertheless pushing it in the hope that Mm -hmm. people would they'd be ostracized and people would say, well, I'm not going to vote for that individual. And yet that's not happening because, as I pointed out both yesterday and a moment ago, instead, there's this great ambivalence about it. Instead, it's the, the economy. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, it's like people are, are largely of the belief that you and I have, but then they say, but I'm more concerned about gas prices or interest rates. Right, right. And that the last question is, by, by taking that position, you are well known for being independent. By taking that position, is that going to erode in your image as an independent journalist? I don't care if it does. I don't think it should. Because I think mm-hmm. democracy is imperiled and mm-hmm. that I myself don't feel comfortable voting for someone who's an, an election denier. I, does that make mm-hmm. me less independent? God, I hope not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it makes me less right. independent? No, absolutely not. I'm just concerned about the, the public perception. No, oh. I fully agree well, with you. Oh, you're, uh, ki- you're kind to be concerned. Thank you. Right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it very much. No, I... I, I don't know. Does that make me look, I, I guess, to people who believe the election was stolen, but they would never regard me as being independent anyway. Right. Uh, Sylvia in Clinton, New Jersey. Greetings. Thinking what, Sylvia? Hi. Hi, Michael. You know, I just I, I cannot believe that the Democrats are doing such a poor job selling their record. I mean, right now we have record job growth. We've had almost 11 million jobs in the last 21 months or something. That is more than double anybody's, you know, previous years, never, you know, Reagan or Clinton, et cetera. We've got demand is through the roof. Earnings are through the roof. Salaries are through the roof. I know inflation is through the roof, but that is not all of it. And they need to talk more about this, like, and clarify things like, and, and stop me, but I, I just feel like they're not doing any of this. It's like from a spending standpoint and inflation. The Republicans spent $3 trillion in 2020. Biden spent $2 trillion in 2021. And he's like pinned with all this as far as, you know, exclusively the inflation. Nobody pays any attention to the fact that, you know, there were problems with the supply chains. There's the Ukraine war. Uh, they're shut down uh, China. And you, you uh, think that if it were if folks were educated and it, the situation was sold better, there'd be a different outcome. Oh, my God. Yes. It's not all abortion. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know, because in the end, peop, but in the end, people are still going to have inflation of eight plus percent and they're going to see, you know, the increase in prices in their day to day life. Like I, like I think no amount of explanation might be good enough. People's attention spans are just well, too short. I know that's a frustrating thing to hear. Well, I mean, jobs are up 11 million. People are, are I you know, hear, there are... I, Sylvia, I have to say, I hear that. But on the other hand, they're up because the whole world went into a shutdown and we had very high unemployment. And then, of course, all the jobs came back when the masks came off. I don't know that, that you can credit the administration for that. That was bound to happen. I can credit them for not tanking the the economy, and I can also credit them for, like, the investments that they've made in infrastructure and technology and manufacturing and all these things that they're, they're not even talking about. But, Michael, one of the headwinds that what I, was, I was talking about from inflation is this Federal Reserve. And I think we need to, you know, be told as a country why we have a federal agency that has said a hundred times, because I listen to Bloomberg and the economic channels and stuff, I think, a mm-hmm. hundred mm-hmm. times. Slow down the economy and slow down job growth. 
explain that to us. There are so many people from like BlackRock and Blank and Bank of America who say this is the wrong way to go about it. This is a, a different, you know, kettle altogether. With the economy booming and, and on fire as far as expect people buying and the uh, mindset and of just and, let it go. Why don't 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 try okay. and, and right don't don't try and, and temper the growth that you see. I think it's an interesting point. I I lose my. Uh, my ability to really discuss it in detail quickly, but I totally get what you're saying. I just read a story on exactly that. Sylvia, I have to run because I just looked at the clock. More of your phone calls. By the way, to Sylvia's point, to Sylvia's point as to whether it's being sold, meaning are Democrats putting their best foot forward, Mark Halpern today in his Wide World of News had another of his fake Ron Klain memos addressing many of her points. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.